Hello and welcome, comrades, to the Pierce Poets Party podcast. I'm your friend Walsh, and I am joined, as always, by your local thinner of the herd. And today, we are talking about Top 5 Muppets Go. Uh, that one that looks like a noodle. Okay. Uh, the Doctor, Fred and Ernie, and Big Bird. That's, uh, that's Sesame Street. You just named Sesame Street <laughs> characters. Oh, yeah? The real top five is Gonzo Aren't they the Great. all Muppets? What? Aren't they all Muppets? No, I'm talking about, like, Muppet Show Muppets. I don't know the difference. Isn't the noodle Gonzo? The noodle? No, the red, he's the red noodle guy. No, that's Beaker. Oh. Hold on, I'm doing, I'm doing the real list. This is yeah. the list I made. Gonzo the Great, number one. Two, Kermit the Frog. Three, Styler and Waldorf, because they're together. They're essentially one character. Four is Beaker. Actually, no. Five is Beaker. Four is Rizzo the Rat. And then there's every other Muppet. And then at the bottom is Miss Piggy. And what about Animal? Animal, I would put it six or seven. Mm-hmm. You look like Animal. Right. Yeah, you got the hair. Animal and Ty the Tasmanian Tiger have always spoken to me. Do you mean the Tasmanian Devil? Sure. Ty the Tasmanian Tiger was a video game series in the early 2000s <laughs> on the PlayStation 2. I did play that. And a boomerang, I think. Yeah, he did. It was awesome. I loved that game so much. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's not what we're actually talking about. Um, we are going to do the uh, festival lineup of one thinner of the herd. Just I and this festival would be entitled the Us versus Them Rally, the UVTR, or just UVT Fest. Yeah, I didn't know what I thought. I saw on on the dock, I saw UVT, and I, for, I forgot <laughs> what I thought it was, but it was not that. All right, so what is the uh, ideal location and setting for this festival? If we were, if anyone was to put on an us versus them rally, uh, it would be in a, I guess, nationally red state, it's like a, a state in America that tends to vote Republican, but in a more radical city like a Nashville or an Austin or a Columbia, South Carolina. Or a Cleveland. <laughs> or a Cleveland, Ohio, although... I used to be able to say Ohio wasn't uh, the kind of red state I'm talking about, but I think we're we're beyond that. All right, so let's let's talk about we we've narrowed it down. So the essential facilities that this festival must have. Essential facilities. Um, there's got to be. I'm thinking a main stage would just be semi truck fold out. Nothing too crazy. Um, there's got to be some dirt, uh, and there's got to be at least one, um, like three, two to three thousand cap indoor stage. So ideally, 
this would be at like in a venue, a normal venue parking lot would the main stage be and inside would be, uh, you know, the two to 3000 cab venue. Then there'd be kind of a side dirt stage while the, while the main stage was, uh, resetting changeovers. So short, shorter sets. Oh uh, yeah. Kind of shorter sets on the, on the dirt, dirt stage. But yeah, so Really, there's there wouldn't be a stage on the dirt stage. It would just be bands playing on the same level as the crowd on the dirt. Uh, thus, the dirt stage. So the the only essentials would be um, that the festival would have a really there there would be no essential infrastructure aside from the the main stage being brought into the lot. The main infrastructure would be with whatever venue it's at. Obviously, of course, like restrooms would need to be brought in. But the focus of the festival would be uh, heavy on local vending. So a lot of the infrastructure, foodstuffs and things like that would come out of that. There wouldn't be any kind of generic festival vending. It would be all large marketplaces from local vendors specifically invited uh, because of their public allegiances. A very partisan festival. So... um Let's let's talk about money here. Where are you getting the money? What is your budget? What are you looking to spend? What are you looking to make? So this would be a uh, a nonprofit festival. It would be five hundred one c three kind of deal. So ideally, the initial funds for a first build out would be crowdsourced, uh, and it would probably require. Upwards of $250,000 at the scale that I imagine. If you were to do kind of just a trial run to get the nonprofit going, you can do a couple of years of, you know, $80,000 to $150,000 events, depending on how profits are. But so relatively cheap, even, even at scale. But still would require uh, a good bit of, of crowdsourcing and ideally would require um, some buy-in from bands and artists to be invested in what the uh, message, I guess, that we'll talk about and sort of the, the goal of the festival to be outside of kind of their, their guaranteed pay. So that we'd still be paying all artists and bands, but it would be... Uh, bit of a reduction on what their normal tour rate would be in exchange for one it being a nonprofit and two for them participating in sort of the larger philanthropic and volunteer based goals of the festival all right so um before we get on to what the message and purpose is let's talk about um who this message is getting put out to what is your imagined capacity for the festival as a whole yeah, so uh, ideally, the actual half of the festival would be no no greater than a 10,000. Uh, a very small contained thing in a lot um, that would be with the inside and the outside in combination. So you'd want to be able to make sure that once the inside stage is closed and everyone comes outside for the final acts of the night, then it's not too crowded and that the city infrastructure can hold 
the requisite amount of, of parking, though public transportation would be heavily encouraged. Uh, but yeah, the ideal amount of people there would be under 10,000, and it would be largely focused on trying to bring in people that are already in activist circles, people that have already been politically activated or engaged. Um, if there are folks that just want to come for the music, this is not a festival where they'll be able to just like hear songs. All bands that are invited to play, um, they can only play on condition of sharing messages or a testimony of radicalization. So one thing that will kind of be part of the, the contractual agreement to play is that each band have as part of their set kind of just that like a testimony to what radicalized them and what's brought them to their current political state so there wouldn't be a set that doesn't that didn't have a speech or some sort of call to action uh so ideally although it'd be great to get that message out to folks that have never heard it before and maybe people will come uh just based on the music alone but ideally, I would want it to be a gathering of people that are already engaged, that can share ideas, and that would be willing to collaborate with the, the artists that are playing and the local artists that are serving and uh, showcasing their art. So if we're, if we're taking a bird's eye view, what does the map look like of this setup? Ideally, it kind of depends on uh, what kind of lot we're dealing with, with the venue. If it's just a normal, large asphalt lot, there would be uh, one large market area that had kind of the local art vendors. There would be local restaurant and food truck vendors pretty much everywhere, interspersed um, without much... Uh, centralization it would be pretty much all around the the main additional infrastructure i guess to go back to an earlier question that we would need to bring in would just be kind of picnic tables and additional trash cans and dumpsters it's always the case of these kind of things but i think there would be a big focus on local food and local art uh, but outside of that initial bazaar that you would enter through a big market uh, so that's where wherever the main parking lot entrance would normally be. That would be where the box office is, where tickets are taken, enter through the market itself. So you're immediately engaged with the, the local craft work. And then you go into what looks like just one big open stage area surrounded by various kinds of uh, local vendors for consumption. And then on the other end of the festival uh, festival lot, to have the main stage butting up against one presumably road or other building, and then one kind of small, mildly barricaded area where uh, other bands will be playing just on the same level as uh, the general populace. So, so is this a single day festival? Is this a multi-day affair? Uh, I envision a, a two-day affair. <clears throat> day one, the festival grounds are open to 
the entire city, the general public, and there will be opportunities for meetings and collaborations inside of the venue. So it'll be more of a professional quote unquote networking day. And all of the bands and artists uh, will have some sort of expectation or hope that they would be there with collaborators talking about very specific local issues, be them environmental or political, educational, whatever the case may be, the local issues that uh, would serve the greater cause of labor and, and, and leftist movements. Um, that's what all the folks would be doing on day one local leaders and local volunteer organizations coming in to present the work that they're doing. Uh, so yeah, it would be a free admission day for people to just come in, be together, hear from other activists and uh, get some advice from touring bands and artists uh, and hear what their experiences have been in other cities. And then day two would be uh, all music and incorporating hopefully some of those messages and calls to action from the first day one uh, into some stage calls. So it is a nonprofit festival, but of course the actual day of show uh, will need some sort of ticket to recoup costs. I would hope to be able to keep it uh, under $60 for the day ticket, uh, ideally be in the 45 to 50 range. Um, and I think I think that kind of covers it, but I, I got a little lost in my own. Yeah, I think that covers it. So you've been getting closer and closer to the crux of the matter. So I'll just ask, who is us and who is them? Hmm. But I think in a very literal sense, uh, this is a, a movement that calls for kind of a wealth ceiling. So there's a, a, def, a definitive socioeconomic line where we can say that the us are those of us that aren't making you know millions of dollars a year so there's the millionaire and the billionaire class and then there's everyone else uh so in that sense there's the us and them and then there's also the more ideological us and them and i think that's where most of these bands fall into although no nobody on this list except for maybe one or two artists that we'll talk about will probably be, you know, they'll probably be in the same us category economically as, as, as you and I, but the ideological side of things, it speaks to, in my mind, how there, there is no leftist media organization in America. There are liberal, there are mainstream, there are, tons and tons of centrist media organizations but there's no like global leftist media movement certainly no large-scale festivals that focus on leftist values and there hasn't been for 50 or 60 years um so it would be a big goal of this festival to create an us that is uh definitively leftist capital l leftist not not american liberal leftist which is you know global right wing uh but a a left wing us that is is focused on labor and taking control back into into the hands of laborers and while i'm sure we share plenty of cultural values with uh liberals and i guess the commonly spoken of or 
pointed to MSNBCs of the world. Uh, we really don't share much in common, I guess, with the uh, mainstream Democratic Party and organizations like MSNBC, CNN. And I think there's just a lot of disillusioned folks. Uh, this this festival idea initially just came out of despairing over vote voting numbers. Like you can you can look all you want and see like the tiny differences in percent between you know who votes for just basic sane centrist Democrats and who votes votes for you know really really far right Republican candidates, but even outside of those numbers and you just look at populations of these areas and eligible voters there's still many many more millions of people that don't vote than do and i think a lot of that has to do with not feeling like there's any party or political system or media system that has the same kind of uh values and i think especially rural people tend to live by leftist values without even realizing that they do just because of their communal nature. So that, that's a long way of saying that the us is, it's not, I, I don't want to call it commonsensical because I feel like even that term has been co-opted by the right, but it's just those of us that are living our day-to-day lives under all of the systems of power that aren't really able to influence or change systems of power because we don't have those power coupons that are dollars. Um, and I think that this is a festival for people that are very aware of that, very conscious of that, and want to be able to talk about it in a safe space. So what are you going to do about water? (laughs) The all important water question. I think water and, you know, protests from, I guess, you know, right wing locals in the, whatever. I was going to ask about the protests as well. I think those two things are, are my my biggest concerns. And um, I would actually uh, want to bring in strange and new water technologies to showcase. I think water security is a really big issue that local leftist groups tend to focus on, uh, you know, in Jackson this year and in Flint in previous years. And there's been a lot of effort to bring in, you know, water uh, humidity collectors that kind of bring in atmospheric humidity and distill it and all kinds of dew and rain catchers at large scales. So first, I'd want to kind of bring in some of those experimental technologies and just show people that there are cheap ways to be able to collect water. Uh, but outside of that, just for just for the purpose of you know, in case everything else fails, if in case experimental technologies, you know, don't go well or don't have enough water readily available for 10,000 people, um, we'd certainly have one with vendors, have, of course, lots of beverages available, but I don't think that there is anything necessarily wrong with having large filtration stations available on, uh, on city, city lines, so just filtering city water. And what what time of year is this taking place? Obviously, festival season begins in May and then ends in October. This to me sounds like an October festival mm-hmm. because it's closer to polling time. 
Yeah, it's um <clears throat> I think it can go either way. I my heart wants it to be right at the start of spring, like right right when uh, university classes would be letting out uh, at the end of May, early June, just to get some momentum going for people to be go back to their local communities and bring some lessons with them and uh, bring some motivation and excitement with them to go back and organize and, and help each other out in that way. But at the same time, there is, of course, a lot of political fervor around the uh, fall season. I just worry um, once you get into winter, there's a lot less opportunity, at least I feel, to go out of your way to organize and volunteer. Uh, just the cold itself is a huge inhibitor and I feel like a lot of local activism happens on urban farms and, and bringing people together in outdoor spaces. So I'm inclined to say the very end of spring would be the ideal uh, time frame. All right. I think the uh, stage is set and we should proceed. Very good. So I, I think uh, I think day one uh, as we said, there wouldn't be any any bands or artists, just uh, just potluck cookouts by approved vendors, and of course a bunch of presentations by local activist groups, your DSAs, and you know your your various uh, local food banks and things of that nature that are doing on the ground work. Again, some urban farms in there, um, you know your your free Palestine movements, your your local. Uh, pro-choice organizations just any anyone that is together with the cause should be coming under this uh, larger umbrella of leftist labor movement of course all local unions would be invited uh, to have presentations and discussions on that first day uh, even if they're not particularly outwardly spoken as leftists or liberals i know that there's some muddling here and there uh, besides police unions, of course, always important to say. I don't feel like they represent uh, the labor movement in quite the way that uh, we want it to be represented. Um, also important to note is that I, I think it would be important to me that we find venues that are labor and union friendly uh, and that we used union labor to, to build up our stages. But here nor there. Um, so day one, again, presentations, conferences, roundtables, potlucks, um, all very location specific and dependent. So kind of hard to speak to specifically <clears throat> in this setting. But if we want to just jump into the bands and artists on the roster, do you want to start with the indoor dirt stage or main stage, Mr. Walsh? Um, I think we should finish with maiden stage, dirt stage. I'm interested to hear about. So yeah, I want to say start with dirt stage. Fantastic. So it is uh, in my. It could be a bit of a pipe dream to have some of these bands playing on level floor with the uh, the general the general public, um, just due to their their size, I guess. Um, but we we will try. We will try. And there's uh there's always there's always more bands that we could we could invite along. But ideally, I won't delay. Uh on the dirt stage, we would have 
Um, and again, if there's actual dirt, this this does muddy my vision a bit. I don't I don't want. Hey, I see what you did there. The, the I don't want these moshier bands um, to create too much of a of a dirt stir. Um, so some if uh, if the larger even larger bands are willing on the indoor stage. I might uh, ask for a couple switcheroos to keep the uh, the dirt down, but in my in my ideal world, the dirt stage would uh, the day would start with none other than Sharptooth. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with uh, who the the newest vocalist is these days, but I'm certainly looking forward to uh, whomever it may be. That band is very consistent. I know. <clears throat> their uh, most recent release wasn't uh, received all that well by some of their earlier fans, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think the message was very consistent and uh, their shows were always really high intensity. So I think that would kick off the day really well. I wish we could have this uh, next band close off the day on this stage. But uh, I think it, it would be wise to keep them early just for my own energy's sake. But I would, after Sharp Tooth, I'd have Fox Lake gone. Oh, yes. hell yeah. There's yeah, just, that, uh, that'd be great. Anthems, labor anthems that band pushes out. Would so, be... what? Sorry to, to bring it back mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, what time is it starting? Like, when, when does the first. Mm-hmm set happen yeah i've i've some trouble with this because i feel like a festival like this would already be hard to for a city to agree to uh, especially a city that was hostile to its politics but i am just so against having to wake up early so I'll say in my ideal world, we're starting at two o'clock and going till two o'clock. But I yeah, can that envision will... it having to be cut back a bit. Yeah, I'll never go to 2 a.m. in a city. Um, and also, uh, Marissa Ward, formerly of Backswing, is the new vocalist of Sharp Tooth. Interesting. I, I don't know if I know Backswing as a band. It's a beatdown hardcore band. There you go. It's film very much on my alley they give, have they released a new track yet with her? yes a new mm-hmm. single called i didn't ask to be here well i wonder if she really didn't um tbl i guess let's give it a listen right after this all right so we got sharp tooth with uh, a new beatdown vocalist we have fox lake um yeah i guess I'm going to keep the ideal vision of starting at two and uh, these would be 15 minute sets plus a, a five minute speech. So we're looking at 20 minutes on stage uh, after Fox Lake moving over to Jesus Peace, Philadelphia hardcore represent good as it gets. They have a new single out right now as well. Very, um, I think it's the first in quite a few years, but just puts you right back into the mood. Jesus piece, very consistent and very heavy, uh, very on message. Our next band for the day on that dirt stage would be Gel, 
all caps G-E-L. There's a, a lot of bands coming up right now. I know that it's not a genre to have, I guess, female-fronted or femme-fronted bands, but there's a lot of specifically hardcore punk bands um, that are just popping off right now that have uh, femme-fronts and gel along with scowl and spaced are uh, just so good just so good and so danceable and whether or not it's relevant how good they are that they have femme fronts um i feel like being in the hardcore scene and and doing really well with a, a femme front woman or front person um automatically puts you in a position to kind of be outspoken and and these three bands certainly are they 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 make their mark uh i only have gelled down but scowl and space could just as easily be on this on this stage and uh they make their mark by being outspoken against a lot of the uh more toxic traits in the hardcore punk community that could use a little femininity so after their on their um instagram page they're described as hardcore for the freaks for the freaks for the freaks i mean we are certainly even though our us is a is a vast majority i feel like uh the middle middle majority would look at us as us as a minority of freaks at this particular festival so keep it on brand moving along uh a longtime favorite and about as rowdy of a show as I can imagine. Bring on the electric banjo with Show Me the Body. <laughs> Corpus is pretty much the embodiment of this festival. Everything that Show Me the Body's uh, organization does is just what this festival should be and, and needs to be. Uh, mutual aid, community f- defense, community feeding, uh, just bringing people together together under the under the pretense, not even pretense. There's there's no ne- there's so few positive words for bringing people together, <laughs> but gathering gathering community members um, to be able to support each other and uh, defend each other from all forms of oppression. So show me the body will be an exemplar of uh, how other bands and organizations can act. And I'd be honored to have them. And uh, justice for the damned and victims kind of round out that stage. Um, Again, kind of justice for the damned in particular, along with show me the body, very big to be on even flooring. Uh, with uh, you know crowds that are typically very stage divey, but uh, stranger things have happened. And you know that uh, Sonic show went pretty viral recently. I'm pretty sure Jell was there, so uh, maybe not Jell. I know Scowl was definitely there, but uh, yeah, I think it uh, would say a lot to come down off the stage just in one little section and, and be very communal. And these are all bands that have those mosh lines that are uh, kind of tugging at the heartstrings, fight song mosh lines that'll 
kind of incite the uh, the mosh riot, if you will. Keep everyone on the same emotional wavelength as they hop back and forth. And victims will be the closer for that stage? <clears throat> That's my intention. Uh, I didn't want kind of the biggest band to end it. I think that that practice... I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think it would be billed traditionally because I want there to be a big cultural focus on the dance aspect of it. Um, just because I want people to be able to have energy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this with your festival too. It's it's just hard to imagine how people react to any any one band. But I think having a a smaller, more intimate band close out that area just fits how it's supposed to look. You know, just a, a group of dancey people that just love this one particular slightly smaller band uh, while the rest of the, the area clears out, heads over to the main stage. This kind of works for how I envision it. But I think it can be somewhat disheartening to an artist to see just before they go on last, everyone leave. Yeah. So, so I think that's, yeah, that's kind of, I think why they do it a, because more people are going to be there towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, yeah, they want the last set to be the most packed, but that isn't necessarily the goal right. of, of this stage, particularly. So that's, uh, if, if there were any more time, let's see, that's one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So, in total, that's, uh, I mean, if you add in changeovers, it's four and a half, five hours. Yeah. So, ideally, you could put in maybe a, a local band or two on that flooring, bring in a little more draw. But, um, Part of that's because indoor stage, which I guess we'll talk about next, um, does have longer sets of 35 minutes with uh, five minutes of chat time each. So uh, again, this is kind of where the, the longer day comes in. And then the main stage, as we'll talk about, um, is allowed full hours um, with minimum 10 minutes. So 70 minute sets with some chatter but we'll go to the indoor stage uh, i feel like i'm so out of breath from like imagining this just <laughs> you're just caught up in it so i'll just ask is everyone starting at roughly the same time like while the third stage is starting up the indoor will be starting up or will the indoor already be going yeah, I haven't. Uh, I didn't lay out the the time schedule in the way that you did. I imagine um, at doors, I would keep at least like the first forty five minutes to an hour just silent for people to enjoy the layout and go through the market and kind of feel their way around, reconvene with friends that they met the day before. But yeah, I, the dirt stage would definitely start first. And at some point during that, 
uh, then the indoor stage would kick off. There would be overlap with the dirt stage um, on both the indoor and the main stage outside, but the indoor and the main stage would never overlap, if that makes sense. Okay, yep, it does. So, for indoor, uh, one of the first bands I would have, probably the first band to start the day off, would be Dilly Dally. And I honestly do not know where they're from or who's in them, but I like a lot of the messaging that they put out on social media, and I like the kind of doominess of a lot of their songs and the atmospheric cynicism, I suppose. I think the mood of a lot of people that attend a festival like this is just in line with the way that Dilly Dally and bands like them, like Chatpile, just sound. And I think that's just a, a sonic appeal to the, the hearts and minds of, of this kind of demographic. They're from Canada. No, perfect. Canadians Toronto, Ontario. have similar problems to us. They can empathize. Um, then my next two artists are themselves inspiration for the contractual requirement to, to talk during the set and to give speeches. They, I've seen them both at very large pop festivals and they have had no problem at these festivals talking about very radical ideas and um, inciting young people that are have probably never thought of any theory and have never done any mutual aid or any practices before to uh, consider some of these ideas. So I think Bad Flower would be the first one. Great sing-along songs, fun live band, but. Uh, band that when they do talk when the when the lead singer does give little speeches i think he can be pretty inspiring on it though the last time that i saw them uh, on tour when they came through an indoor venue uh he said nothing he said nothing but i've seen him give some great ones at festivals so perhaps he can deliver again for us after think- bad flower i'd have grandson so similar. oh okay yeah what do you think? Um, I was just going to say, did you see them in Denver? Not Denver, Delaware. Yeah, it's, I said I did see them once at Firefly. Yeah, I think after Firefly, you you texted me and you said listen to, listen to Bad yeah. Flower, and I did. Yeah, I still don't. Uh, I still don't really listen to them recorded, but they do have a few catchy songs. Um, yeah, in the studio, but they're just really, really good live. And grandson's great. I didn't want to step on grandson. No, no, you can't. Uh, grandson is one of those bands that will just bring everyone in, like Turnstile will, to just come in and dance how however you will. <clears throat> but um, unlike Turnstile, will hit you with the most like intense leftist or liberal depending on the day um messaging just really no holds barred tells it like he sees it um unabashedly so 
So grandson, perfect fit. Very expensive, probably, to book. Uh, so hopefully would be down with the cause, but here nor there. This is all hypothetical. Next up, I'd have Wargasm, <laughs> who was a little less speechy and preachy than I expected when we saw them at Riot Fest. Um, yeah, well, they had they had limited time. I think they just time. they just wanted to get their art out there, right? Um, and yeah, but they were unabashedly themselves on yes. stage. True, true freaks, true gel fans. Love <laughs> gel. Uh, gel loves that, them. Yeah, gel absolutely loves them. Their whole base. After orgasm, I'd do uh, senses fail. Another classic speech giver. <laughs> with buddy um sometimes not not the best public speaker but i think if uh if he felt comfortable in a space like this to kind of speak his whole chest and uh, tell a little bit of his story i think he would uh fit right in they've been doing a lot of tours where they're the first opener or you know they're in situation spaces where it's more about the music than it is their message, but I think Census Fail has for a while now um, wanted to lead the scene in a more revolutionary activist direction, and if given a chance, would do a pretty good job with it. And the, uh, the final band on this stage, I feel like they get overlooked, at least nowadays, for their messaging, but as I understand them, it's been really central to who they are. And on a recent tour, I didn't, I didn't make it to, uh, to their tour with Trash Boat, but uh, I was told that they gave an excellent speech to a, a crowded, sold-out 600-cap room um, about climate catastrophe and what needs to be done, and gave some very specific calls to action. So Enter Shikari would close out the nights on this stage. I think, yeah, they were. Is they that were our first music. overlap? I think so. I think that is our first overlap. Census Vale was in contention for me. Uh, I, I did leave them off. Um, but yeah. And they um, recently released a song with uh, Wargasm. So. Enter Shikari did? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even see that. Yeah, I believe so. Let me double check so I don't look like a buffoon. A buffoon. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, it's probably going to be on orgasms. <laughs> yes, it's called The Void Stares Back. Nice. Uh, I have two things to listen to right after this. But yeah, Anto Shikari, um, they always have a great message. I've seen them a couple of times live i saw them in an intimate setting they're great in an intimate setting i think it was a really good call to put them inside because they really are good at during a performance using the space and also you know in ingratiating themselves with the crowd mm. so i could i couldn't see them on the dirt stage because they're a lot more performative right 
but you can have the same sentiment in that environment. Sure hope so. After the uh, crowd surfiness of senses fail, just keep it rolling. I gotta say, I don't know if I'm gonna need help or if we should just leave it alone, but for the main stage, I have just no sense at all of the order that I should put them in. Well, we'll we'll work it out as we go. I will uh I'll give it an order of importance, I suppose. Importance um, to you or importance, importance to the cause? Importance to the cause, I think. Okay. So the uh the band that kind of represents everything that the stage is. Um, if you know me, if you know the Pierce Poets Party, this is kind of the quintessential band outside of Code Orange who probably wouldn't do too well at this festival anymore if they were invited, but see how far they revert back. Anyway, Stick to Your Guns is like the main stage band. Like They might as well be playing every slot on the stage. Um, that's like who the festival is best represented by the stick to your gun. Then yeah, they have they're what? They're what? I was gonna say, no, they're going on last. They go on last. The, like I would personally love them to go on last, but the the orders of magnitude and difference of popularity between the bands on the stage and elsewhere can be a little bit ordering absurd. Yeah, continue. As as it stands right now, I'm all for stick your gun to the last. Uh, honestly, if if in yeah. my ideal vision, if it can go to 2 a.m. and I can just have stick your guns do midnight to 2 a.m. like when you know some people have already left, that's fine. Like, oh, actually, no. Put stick yeah. your guns on first because this shit's getting shut down. Oh, true. <laughs> Make sure they play. All right. Well, we got stick your guns. Then, of course. Our second overlap, Fever Three Three Three. Oh yeah, the Stick Your Guns is also an overlap. Oh really? Yeah. Didn't work well. Well, now we have a healthy trio overlapping, uh, and three of the best. Well, Sensville isn't probably isn't one of my best live bands, although I enjoy them. I would not allow them to do their medley. Only Sensville songs. <laughs> Sick of that medley. <laughs> Uh, but stick to your guns and fever three three three. We all hopefully by now understand that there is no without the Dillinger escape plan. I don't think that there is a band that is going to perform, or I guess a front man that is going to perform as wildly, bombastically, and as narratively as Jason Elon Butler. I think we have we've said on the show like their fever he's jason other right. um but i don't think we've really necessarily gone into it but anyone who listens to fever or has listened to let live or pressure cracks they understand who he is but maybe maybe he deserves an episode in himself yeah. <laughs> um, you actually do some journalistic research for once <laughs> yeah so if if you're not familiar with fever 333 familiarize yourself um yeah i think we're we're assuming that you know they are as beloved and um recognized as we beloved and recognize them right. in the general populace so um 
and there is very good reason for it but i don't want to take that for granted right and they're certainly on message i mean they're oh for sure they're basically every one of their songs could be called us versus them uh then a bit of a, a tone switch i have japanese breakfast up here up next uh which is just one of my favorite live bands and another band that performs at so many pop folk indie festivals and no matter where they are um, there's always a a good and topical speech that um maybe doesn't radicalize the crowd but calls attention to some radical ideas so always have respected them and if you haven't seen japanese breakfast and you're a fan of metal or if you're a fan of indie indie they're just just phenomenal phenomenal live great instrumentalists and uh the vocals may not sound again in studio recordings maybe very easy listening to you or i've heard people even say boring but once you see them live i just think it's undeniable how intense and emotional these performances are so japanese breakfast well my last my last two got two more no we can just end the show right now just add no Uh, i would love to as long as we are uh i've got i have janelle monet who is of course so far above everything yeah (laughs) it it seems seems she might send a personal video right um i don't know i feel like she's really down with the cause and might just uh might might just hop on it i don't really see her i've never seen a janelle monet tour i don't know if it's just that they've never come near me or what but uh i have not looked up when the last time janelle monet toured but i don't think it's been too recently uh but would love nothing more than to have a crowd of hardcore metal fans crossover and experience with all the punk adjacent and afro funk and crazy things that janelle monet brings to the table and uh again think a jason and janelle collab would be one for the history books so i've got to bring them together yeah that would be amazing it'd be it would change everything it would change everything. that would be the end of, of, of all fascism janelle and jason bringing it together I cannot imagine their voices in concert like next to each other. It'd be so perfect. Uh, my last group is Run the Jewels. So we've seen them. We love them. They talk the talk. They walk the walk. They have a, a obligatory invitation. They they run the run <laughs> fast. Jewel the jewels. Yeah, RTJ is great. Um, I think Janelle Monet, as great as she is as a person, would be personally affronted that she goes on before Run the Jewels. Yeah, because she's an absolute star. Um, well, in theory, yeah, this the would be reverse order, right? Because stick to your guns is the most. So Run the Jewels is opening. Yeah. 
And I think they would be personally offended. They would be personally offended if they opened. But they would also be personally offended if they didn't close. Because they're big as well. Yeah. There's no winning with this festival. Just just throw... I don't think there's really a way. Maybe Run the Jewels goes inside. Closes <laughs> it out. <laughs> Boys go inside. Let Janelle handle this crowd. Yeah, yeah. that's that's huge. Um, I yeah, I think that would be... Yeah, assuming it happens, when we'll assume it happens, like we assumed mine happens. Yeah, that would just be cosmic. Cosmic. Greatest positive adjective. It is, uh, again, a lot of those, a lot of those dirt stage bands, there's a ton of them that I could put on there that I would love to see and have people communally engaged with. I don't have any straight edge bands on this bill, for example. Would love to be able to bring that in, but just overall, the vibes of the festival require some uh, mixed billing. And although my heart is uh, certainly with the scene, and that's, I think, reflective in most of this lineup, I think uh, could certainly benefit from having a few more artists. And I would like to, in another iteration, be able to put on a little bit more hip-hop jazz artist or two. But... Uh, this is this is where my mind is at now. At uh, a time of filming, I like this, and I would, I would be so. I don't. I can't even fathom the emotions that I would experience to be able to see something like this put together. Us versus them. All right, so. Now that you have said it, like said the um, lineup of the main stage, is there any, anywhere that your mind goes for an order or you can't even begin to approach that? No, I think I think fever and Japanese breakfast are like anywhere in the middle, but with Janelle Monet and Run the Jewels, it's just hard to figure out uh, who would be able to best end the day with the uh, majority demographic being probably more interested in extreme music. I would think Run the Jewels uh, would be a little bit higher up. Uh, but again, my heart would really like for Stick to Your Guns to close it out. But then I feel like people would be already leaving. So Yeah. Yeah, there's no... I mean... The yes, the final performance is important, but at the time the final performance begins, the picture um, has been fully completed. So if you're viewing the festival as having a purpose, that purpose has been filled, and then it right. can end however, and it would serve the same uh, sentiment. Yeah. True. May I suggest one that could end it? Sure. Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. I don't. I've never. Uh, I've never heard Limp Biscuit at being much of a uh, an activist group. 
I know they just toured with Young Gravy, and you know Young Gravy's yeah, the he's Gravy Train very is active, fully Maoist, you know. So yeah, he's he runs a very pro MILF campaign. <laughs> MILFs so, uh, for everyone. <laughs> I think <laughs> socialize the MILFs. That'll be that'll be a T-shirt that I want to make. <laughs> it's a double entendre. All right, I think. If unless you have any closing so. remarks, no, that should just about do it. I'm just manifesting there. Yeah, let's all take a moment in silent reflection <laughs> and just manifest. Manifest city permits first. That's the worst thing to manifest. <laughs> I'm not going to close my eyes and visualize signed city permits. <laughs> what I need. Yeah, that's you. That's you. I'm going to manifest the greater good. Ah. Moment. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Hope uh, you are inspired to build your own festival and uh, tell us about it. Yeah, in excruciating detail. Answer every question that Mr. Walsh asked me today, and then we'll talk about it. And we'll certainly <laughs> criticize it for hours on end. Then and only then will we respond. All I'm right, sure you have wanna, some good ideas. You want to log us off here? Uh, literally, yeah. I'm going to close it out. All right. Good night, comrades. Stay safe, stay sane. Until next time. Cheers. Bye.